Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. If you have not, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight, where we have some amazing merch and plenty of other things for you guys. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. Today, well, first of all, I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And I'm your host, Derek Baker. And then tomorrow, I will probably still be the host, but we'll have to figure it out. But today, we're talking about a game that has been a part of Derek and I's lives, I mean, since we were little kids. Um, I remember second grade, I picked this game up, and it's been a staple throughout most of my life. And, and we want to talk about what is the true allure of this game and where do we see it today? Yeah, this is a big nostalgia episode for Derek. I, I got to say, a lot of feels about to come out. We got Ash Ketchum about to wrap up his tenure as mm-hmm. the Pokemon TV show protagonist. I'm going to watch that. I feel like I'm going to cry, you know, because I do think that they should have moved on from him a very long time ago. But yes. the fact that they haven't, and that it is finally coming to an end. Just, you know, it's a little sad. Air is coming to an end. I know. I mean, listen, nothing beats Bye Bye Butterfree. Uh, that is the tearjerker episode that will always reign supreme in Pokemon. But yeah, it is, it is very cool to see that. I'm, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do to kind of have that Ash payoff. Are they going to show all his Pokemon? Are they going to show that? Who knows? But obviously, Derek, you know, for us, that was such a huge turning point. I mean, I think for media, for watching the show as a kid, and then also the, the games as we continue on through a ninth generation of Pokemon. And that's where I want to bring the topic up today. The episode title might reflect a little bit of this, it might not, but is having over 1,000 Pokemon, is that just too many? I mean, I mean, should we see a different way to do this versus, you know, our original 151 that even then seemed crazy to have that many variations of little uh, pocket monsters to catch. Yeah, definitely did not need 151 back then because you, you could have six realistically. And most people knew who the strongest Pokemon were. And you could just basically have like a legendary team plus your starter and be like, okay, I'm, I'm a powerful trainer. But now it's, you know, there's so much variety and I feel like you can show a lot of your personality with the options that are Mm -hmm. available to everyone. But I can't imagine hopping into this franchise now and being like, oh man, there's so many Pokemon that over the years with giveaways and events and things that, you know, you, you may have missed out on just because you weren't old enough to play the game or you weren't interested in Pokemon at the time. You know, it, it's it's sort of competing with itself as the gotta catch them all. I don't even know if that's the catchphrase anymore because it is so difficult to actually get all thousand plus Pokemon with the amount of mythicals um, and event Pokemon. 
Yeah. So that's where I want to start today and talk about how Pokemon has evolved over time and seeing that each generation or each iteration of new game that comes through, not only did they have to keep supplying us with new Pokemon, whether it's, you know, some of the early ones might have been like future evolutions. We then saw babies um, as an option to include, not to just create uh, brand new originals, but to have ones that spun off um, some of those OGs and second gens. But then we see later and later down the road is more and more, I don't want to say gimmicks, but they kind of are in how do we evolve the Pokemon games to not be the same thing people have played before, but add a new thing, especially with the newest generation having the little crystal hats being able to change up the typing and make them like this shiny crystal Pokemon. Yeah. And and before that, in uh, Sword and Shield, you had the Mega Super... I don't know what they're called. The big Pokemon thing I never the did. The Gigantamax. Yeah, whatever it was, and before they had more. So, and the Dynamax. Yeah, all of that. So we'll start kind of with the charm of our OG 151. And this is where we got to play as red or blue or potentially Ash kind of in, in Pokemon Yellow. And started that journey of Gotta Catch Them All. And it made sense, I think, to me as a kid of 151, most of those being evolutions, and having really only a couple Pokemon between each game, because this was also the selling point and the point to make you play with friends or possibly trade, was between red and blue. You had a couple Pokemon that were variant-specific in each of those versions, as well as only be able to achieve getting the starters from trading with a friend. I think a big appeal of this game when we were younger was that ability to use the link cable and mm-hmm. like the the mobile aspect of that. Obviously, it got even better when they introduced Pokemon Stadium and you could put your cartridges in and have that yep. compatible with the N64. But that was like a totally new, unique concept to me. I was definitely familiar with playing video games at home at the time, but like having Pokemon to me was like really the first I think like game that I preferred to play that was a handheld game because for the most part I would have rather played whatever was on the N64 or the NES before that for me. And then this game came along and sure I had a Game Boy and I had like Donkey Kong and I had Mario and I had tons of games that basically had mobile versions. <laughs> mobile, kind of a funny word to use, but <laughs> truth. Uh, basically had these on-the-go versions, but the better versions always existed on the home consoles. And then mm-hmm. Pokemon, it's only the handheld version, and that's the only way you're really getting this experience. And it was like really unique to me in, in that regard. And of course, yes, the Pokemon teams having the manageable 150, you know, having friends, having siblings. When this came out, I felt like it wasn't too super difficult to really complete the Pokedex or know someone that had the other version. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, depending on maybe how old you are or whatever, it's it's like a little weirder. Maybe you can find someone online to trade with. They, they've tried to keep that same thing going on where you have to trade between the two, but people, I think, are so protective of like their Pokemon. Um, especially when it comes to the legendaries, that it's hard to get that stuff. Whereas in red and blue, like it was pretty easy to run through a quick game, catch a Pokemon, trade it over, complete the Pokedex, stuff like that. Yeah, so that's kind of where I want to start with this, where that 
became kind of the norm of it. And we, we built that into gold and silver and crystal being the third version. That was kind of the takeaway from yellow was kind of always having this third version that added just a little bit more to it, whether it be the special idea of having Pikachu follow you or having the abilities to catch certain legendaries or have certain quests in there or kind of combined both regional, and I'm calling it regional, I guess it should be cartridge-based Pokemon, into kind of one. Almost thinking of it as like the uh, Game of the Year edition that comes out later that allows you to get a lot of that wrapped into one. And so we see cresting over into the 200s with Pokemon. And like I had said, a lot of those were some evolutions, we're starting to get some egg ideas, and starting to get some gimmicks with being able to make some Pokeballs, have more of like that TMs and HM ideas as we continue on to the third gen over to Ruby and Sapphire. And that's our first jump to the Game Boy Advance. So taking the graphical update, taking the power update uh, to the new system and increasing that Pokemon count even more. And we're now starting to get a lot more variations in the styling of Pokemon. I mean, we make fun of, and I know you and I have a bunch of people have where it's like later gens when you get Trubbish or Clefkey, which is a bag of trash or a ring of keys. Sure. Make fun of that. First gen, there's some like that. They, I mean, yeah. Grimer and Muck um, are just piles of ooze. and Sure. Voltorb, Voltorb is just a ball. Pokeball. But Voltorb sort of made sense because when you were playing those games... In RPGs, it was a big thing to have these like hidden monster chests, and mm -hmm. then you have basically that as the Voltorb stuff that would be an item is now actually an electrode or Voltorb that's attacking you. Sure. So it was really there as like an RPG mechanic as well as a Pokemon. Yeah, adding in, adding in kind of that mimic idea. Whereas uh, Trubbish is just garbage. So checkmate. Uh, tr Trubbish is the, is the plague on the world. Klefki also has a very interesting <laughs> background. Klefki is actually a mystical ghost that has taken over this idea from living through your home. The background on him <laughs> makes up for what the Pokemon is. Yeah. Slightly. Um, but going back to the first gen, we only had one ghost Pokemon to justify an entire typing. Or I guess I should say one lineage of ghost Pokemon. But that justified an entire type. That has to be the most fumbled rollout of like a, mm -hmm. a game mechanic of all time. I, they had Psychic. They meant to have Ghost be the counter, but then they made it a Ghost Poison, so it was mm -hmm. weak to Psychic. And its Ghost moves basically like didn't, didn't truly do Ghost damage. I mean, there was like Nightshade, there was Dream Eater, right? But I think Dream Eater was Psychic even, so it was like... Yeah, all I, the moves that were meant to be counters to the psychic type just didn't even work. Yeah, there, there, there was such a shift. Obviously, Gen 1 being the one typing on Pokemon and having a lot of those Pokemon be retyped later, which made sense, um, yes. especially like the argument of should a bird Pokemon be normal or flying? Yeah. And we had a lot of that debate going on to eventually sparse it out. And we have seen Pokemon evolve over time for the good. Double typings. Having moves actually register and do their correct things instead of just <laughs> well, having one bad of, code. <laughs> one of the good, it, yeah, one of the good advantages or good changes that they made was making it that physical and special. Mm -hmm. Not just, yeah, not just based on the typing, but based on like the move itself. 
Yes. Whereas before you basically just had, okay, this is a special because it's this type or whatever. Yeah. You know, you couldn't have a physical fire move or something like that. So making that distinction was great. But, you know, on the topic of Gen 3, for me, you know, the, the point of this podcast is, you know, obviously how many Pokemon are too many? Sort of tongue in cheek is really, can there be too many? Sure. But in Gen 3, I feel like that's where we started to see some of the issues of having these monsters carry over and continue to add because Gen 3 now you've separated from the Game Boy system onto the Game Boy Advance and you don't really have a way anymore to get that first 251 into the new Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald and eventually Fire Red and Leaf Green come out as remakes of the original Gen 1 games and you can get some of those Pokemon but then Johto a lot of those are left behind And so Mm -hmm. that's something that starts to carry over into future generations, a little bit of a stray away from the gotta catch them all mentality. And and we do have more of the national, like the national decks is not a thing yet. For a lot of these, these third gen and beyond, we start to see the like post game Pokedex um, where you can start to catch them all. They start to put Growlithe in certain routes. They start to do those things. And we see it, was it gen two? Or Gen 3 that added genders? Gen 2, because Gen that's, two. Where you, that's where you could start doing the breeding. Cor- okay, yes, correct. Because that's where you start getting the eggs and stuff. And that's actually where we start to see a full branch of Pokemon start to come out. And a full branch of moves that are gender-specific moves. And some of those affecting natures and nurtures that we start to see. And a lot of this, you and I playing as kids had idea what it is meant especially the numbers behind the scenes i just like the pokemon i liked i knew psychic was good i knew fire blast was good so i picked those moves <laughs> if but if i knew the math that i know now behind those games like i would have stomped everybody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many things about the code that was janky that didn't work the way it was supposed to and could work to your advantage to have very very powerful pokemon there was actually a trick in gen one where you could keep fighting with your Pokemon even at level 100, and as long as you deposited them into the PC and withdrew them, it would recalculate those stats again, and you Mm. could actually go beyond level 100. It wouldn't say beyond level 100, but it would keep powering up the Pokemon, so that was how a lot of people ended up beating the really difficult Pokemon Stadium games that they needed, you know, basically to beat cheating Pokemon. Yeah, um, but I didn't know that until just a few years ago. No, and I, I don't think any of us really did because as they started to add natures in, uh, natures were kind of like, oh, they're hasty, they're shy, they're bashful, and you just kind of like, okay, sounds good. Yeah, but again, that that applied directly to a lot of stats. We also start to see that each Pokemon has a quote unquote hidden ability or a, a technical ability that would be attached to that Pokemon specifically, something like Shed Skin that would have that Pokemon species have kind of perks that, that came about. So we start to see a lot more of these. Again, I'm not going to account these on the gimmick side. I think this is fleshing out an idea that was barely had in 96 and is yeah. continuing on to evolve with the technology as Game Freak is continuing to develop each game. And we see more yeah. and because- more Pokemon. When when they came out with the natures, it just kind of came off as a quirk until mm-hmm. people started. I think it was around, well, when Emerald introduced the Battle Tower, 
And then there was this investment in, you know, making competitive Pokemon and and understanding these effort values and things like that and the IVs and understanding that new system. When it came out and we jumped from Gen 1, Gen 2 to this new thing, our minds weren't there at all. It was we knew take a Pokemon, go and fight um, and raise it from the earliest level you can to whatever you can, because it's going to be stronger than going out and catching sure. an equivalent level Pokemon because of yeah. those effort values. We just didn't know about that necessarily at the time. But yeah, all those things that they added into Pokemon up to that point, absolutely loved. I mean, made sense, made mm-hmm. the game more interesting, made your Pokemon more unique. All that stuff was really cool. And, and even early on, the idea of variance was already starting to come about in the idea of shiny Pokemon. The first real iteration that's in your face that you get is the shiny Gyarados, which a lot of us didn't understand when it was a red Gyarados, not knowing that was the shiny variant of it. And I really paid no attention to this until you started to get in later and later games where shinies became not more apparent because it's about the same spawn rate, but people started talking about it more. And getting the shiny versions of it and getting that idea of getting that very slim chance to get this or I'll let you jump in real quick or again, they all blend so much together, especially like playing them young. But when the Pokerus, the Pokevirus came about of getting that, that increases some stat lines as well through different various trades and who you battle. Again, more gimmicky ideas, but keeps people coming back. Yeah, so I think that the Pokerus actually is in the game as early as Gen 2, but I don't mm-hmm. know that I remember getting it. Yeah, the shiny aspect of everything is such a big part of Pokemon collecting now. Yep. It's one of the things that I think is the biggest change from the series from when we played it when it came out to now is Pokemon are a little bit more disposable in Gen 1 and Gen 2. You had such a limited amount of space, and it was so hard to cycle through all these Pokemon to find the one that you wanted because the mm-hmm. box system was horrendous. And now it's like you can breed boxes and boxes and boxes of the same Pokemon, just kind of put them in there, release them, trade them away in the global trade random thing, mm-hmm. and try and get a shiny Pokemon. And that's like the goal because that's the actual challenge. Whereas I feel like in Gen 1 and Gen 2, the challenge was just finding and catching them sometimes um, because the spawn rates were so ludicrously low Mm -hmm. that it was really difficult to do. And legendary Pokemon as well. I mean, it wasn't just weakening them. It was they had to be asleep or the ball would just straight up miss. You know, there there were those gameplay elements that later they kind of eased up on a little bit in favor of letting you catch these legendary Pokemon, but making it more difficult then to get the shinies and things like that. Yes. And, and I think if you and I had known when we were younger what shinies were and that, we probably would spend a lot more time with those games. Because well, we I did, did a- have a shiny Noctowl, but uh, to me, it was like, uh, first of all, Ash had shiny Noctowl in the show. So I was like oh, halfway okay. like, oh, this was definitely supposed to happen. Sure. I knew they existed, but I definitely wasn't out there like <laughs> as what, like a nine, ten year old or mm-hmm. something. Like, let me calculate the math as one in like eight thousand chance that I catch yeah. this if I just keep resetting my game 
over and over and over. Maybe my Cyndaquil will be shiny with purple fire. Like, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. was not at the forefront of anybody's mind, I think. No, no, no. And, and, and I think Pokemon was still very much, and we had talked about being a world craze. I mean, it was taking over. You got another hundred some odd Pokemon coming with second gen, even more third gen, more fourth gen. And the other big gimmicks and changes that we see is we start to see XP share which is an item we do see early on where you can start when we can finally equip items to Pokemon. Uh, It's an equipable. And basically it allows that Pokemon to share the XP with whoever your front party Pokemon is to get them leveled up. Usually through like a Magikarp or something to like level it up pretty quickly or something that's not that great. Or if you're late game and you just want to start collecting evolutions, easy way to do it. Yeah. As we advance on in future games, especially coming to... A whole, like this is now at this point, you know, we're in our 20s. So got this next gen under us growing up with Pokemon, you start to see XP share just become a setting that yeah. your whole party gets. Yes. That was the weirdest adjustment for me because it made the games that were already pretty easy feel even easier. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that you could turn them off in certain ones and certain ones you can't. But yeah, it, it feels inefficient to turn it off. You're like, oh, think yes. of all the XP I could, be, I could be getting. I like parts of it because for the Pokedex completion aspect, it's really nice to not have to focus on training Pokemon that I don't necessarily want to use, that I mm-hmm. do want to evolve. Sure. From like a battling standpoint, it feels really silly when a Pokemon that I've never used before, I just happen to have to use in one battle because my main one got knocked out. And now it's like, you know, just as strong as the one that I've been using the entire time. It definitely feels like more of a disconnect with the team, whereas I think there's a special quality to the games where you do have to work really hard to train the Pokemon up. And I think a great example of that is Magikarp, where in those early games, you had to throw this thing out there that didn't even know Tackle until level 15, and you had to keep swapping it in and out, in and out, in and out to try and finally get it up to level 20 to become a Gyarados. But once you finally did that, it was so worth it. You had a very powerful Pokemon at a very early level. Whereas in these new games, I could set Magikarp just to the bottom of my party, just keep it around for a while. Bam, eventually I got a Gyarados. You know, it just, it doesn't have that same work for it feel. Oh no, I'm fine with that. I hated the first versions. (laughs) I'm gonna be (laughs) honest. I hated swapping Pokemon out. I... It's definitely not fun to do, no. but the reward it, once you finally got the Gyarados, I mean, there's a satisfaction I think it, there. I, yeah, I think it just depends. And I, I think this goes back to our numbers question. Because now at this point where XP share becomes kind of synonymous across your party, we're talking about 600, 700 Pokemon, 800 Pokemon at this point that are within it. And so if you're like me where I don't really care about the battles... My thing is more the collecting aspect. I, I am living the got to catch them all that is branded across my forehead <laughs> while I play these. I like that collection. And I like being able to, to, to run through it. And, you know, I think if Game Freak worked with it and you had like OG mode or hard mode and then you had just normal mode where like they've made their changes, I think it is interesting to see that where you could have that possibility or, or trying to get people to really care about their party versus just collecting the Pokemon, like you said, to, to get perfect um, EVs or get perfect like shininess to it. And it has lost some of that luster, but that's also, I think, a nostalgia for you and I 
for some of yes. that for like yeah. as like again we have we have big old rose tinted glasses for those OGs that I know for a sure. lot of you out there or a lot of kids growing up with Pokemon would look back on that and be like ooh no thank you no. like I'm gonna go ahead and do these cool sprites and like all this yeah. like crazy battle stuff and not that. Gen 1, I know, is definitely not looked upon favorably, and there's a lot of things that are wrong with those games. It's so hard to describe the global takeover of Pokemon from that era, though. Like, that's why those games feel special to me, is they just... There was, there was more than the game itself. It was mm-hmm. like life for a, for a little bit of time. And it might be that way now for kids growing up playing Pokemon. I have two young nephews that really... I just gave them like a Pokemon encyclopedia or something before all these new Pokemon came out in Scarlet and Violet. But I mean, they're all over that book every time that I see them. So it's like, for all I know, still just as cool with the, with like kids of that age that were the same age as us when Gen 1 came out. But there was something for us, I know for sure, with it being brand new and fresh and... Mm -hmm you know, being basically everywhere that, that made that time special. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. It's all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yeah, and I think as we kind of come to the culmination, again, like you said, with Violet and Scarlet out, we're talking well over a thousand. I think they have an expansion pack coming out for fall and winter. You're probably looking at 1,100 or so at that point. And so I think that begs the question, because you and I have this talk every once in a while, how many Pokemon is too many Pokemon? And if we're saying it's too many, what would we see changed to, for the next iteration of random color and noun? Yeah, I think that it's a little too late in, like, they've established what they do. And it mm-hmm. is make a new region, make new Pokemon for that region. That's, like, a big appeal of the game. But it was something that I think hurt the development of Sword and Shield was that they had so many Pokemon that they're then trying to bring from the handheld consoles onto this at-home console. And they were having to make animations for all these specific Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point to where they didn't even put all of the Pokemon that they had released into the game anymore. This was the first one without the national decks in a long time um, where you could collect everything. And even with the expansions, there were still certain Pokemon that you could not put into Sword and Shield and the only way I think to really have changed that is to have not released as many new Pokemon and not have made that the main appeal of some of those earlier games, but that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that foresight, you know, to know that. Um, hoot hoot. That is a 
Pokemon joke, foresight. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's very, uh, <laughs> it very good. It's very good. Uh, but no, I, I think you're. I think you're on the right path with that. I, I, I think it became early on. Got to catch them all. Not only to sell merch. I mean, one of the biggest things is to sell merchandise. You know, that's basically yes. what Pokemon was. Was this engine for selling merch? You had it in the show. You had it in the game. You had it in bath towels. You had it in cereal. You had it in spaghettios. Uh, you had it everywhere. And so it's like, how do we continue to eh, not milk it yet? It's still coming on. But how do we continue to build this property? It's release new Pokemon. And really, it's throw these hundred plus darts at the board, see which ones garner some value in it. And we even see that whenever we start to, whenever video games start to become more accessible to women and, and, and other players out there, we see that like Eevee becomes now a poster child. Whereas like it was like Pikachu, yeah. Charizard were those, but Eevee came out and that was very favorable. And so that became this staple that was, that was never really a staple in when you and I played when we were younger. It was a cool one where it's like, it's a normal, but all these different stones and ideas could evolve it to being an icon. Yeah. And it was the yellow rival, the yellow version rival. But for the most part, I mean, that was just mirroring the show because I guess Gary yes. had the, the Eevee in the show. I never really thought about it any more than that other than like, yeah, this like kind of choose your own like special typing Pokemon that was kind of cool. It was one of the only Pokemon that I felt like was a unique elemental type of Pokemon that could yes. go alongside your starter. But yeah, absolutely. They, they started introducing that as like a, a mainline thing. Yeah, because again, we didn't really see, we see Eevee in most, I think every single one, because as we start to get more generations, a new Eevee Lucian um, gets introduced, but it was a cool thing to have. We did not really see it as a mainstay until you start to get the, re the redos of Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, and, and everything around those times, the Eevee Lucians, as becoming these huge properties. So they continue to make new Pokemon. Now, I fell off, and I think a lot of, our generation of gamers a lot of us fell off at gen 5 uh coming out of a lot of the japanese regions coming to more of an american region in black and white and i think i was just getting in my head a little too old for poke so i stopped playing for a couple gens i came back in sword and shield and everything was different and we start to see a lot of these gimmicks arise to keep players involved and to be like oh it's new tech we need to add something that is much more challenging or, or pushing the technical aspects of it or anything along those lines but like you said also stripping pokemon out it's no longer a full national dex it's it's kind of like an idea or an abridged version of it because it's quote-unquote regional now and they don't have those pokemon in this region and if i had to kind of culminate what we're talking about i think they're on the path to what you and i have wanted this whole time with which is regionals i like having a smaller pool but being like, okay, if you're set in Spain or England or Japan or America or wherever you're set, you're going to have a lot of the same, much like we have in the world. But you're going to have regional birds, regional frogs, regional whatever that's specifically related to that. And I think that will hopefully curb a lot of this random new Pokemon and, and shed light on these old ones. I know Suicune is going to have a whole new look, kind of becoming this Velociraptor. Yeah. Suicune type thing, which is kind of cool to look at and, and breathe life in those old Pokemon that we haven't seen in a while. I think that's such a cool idea. 
and 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 finally, like my final summation was this: no matter what we argue, Violet Scarlet sold more copies than any other Pokemon game ever, even though it's one of the worst in terms of playability. But where's the Pokemon killer? There's been so many games that have tried the idea of Pokemon, but somehow that charm that has dug into your brain early on, whether you were, you know, us at five, six, seven years old playing the OGs, or now that grip gets on you and it sticks better than any of them. Temtem, the other ones, it just sticks better. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to add to that. I think that they definitely got on the right path when it came to regionals. And it's, um, I definitely appreciate them revisiting other designs and just sort of customizing them to the region mm-hmm. that they're in. I think that that's a really smart idea. I don't think that you need uh, a new, basically what is Pidgey for this region and this yes. region and this region. I don't need the new Rattata for this region and this region and this region. It can be Rattata again. And I think that once they finally recognize that, that there was opportunity to say, what if this same Pokemon existed and we're following evolution in real life? You know, Mm -hmm. that same pathway, this Pokemon existed here and here, then the continent split. What would that Pokemon evolve to be? And I think that that just makes the game feel more realistic to me for as much as a Pokemon game can feel realistic. And it also makes me appreciate uh, the Pokemon designs that exist already and, and say like, oh, if I don't want um, this Meowth, then I can take the sketchy Meowth. Or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I can go with OG Meowth and Persian and, and all those things. And, you know, it's just more, more of a customization and a personalization for Pokemon that already exist for people that maybe didn't like the original versions, but prefer like Kanto Pokemon in general to the new ones because of the yep. art designs or vice versa. So, And I, I think we'll definitely see a lot. I mean, we're going to see a lot more with the expansions anyway, but I think we'll see a lot more with that. And my hope is that this crystal hat, in my opinion, garbage, but allowing you to change typing, I'm hoping that will open the audience up more to even more of these styles of evolutions of Pokemon that existed here. That like we see with, um, is that Golbat or Golduck, whichever one it is, um, even Diglett has a different name and a different entry. It's yeah. Diglett Wiglet. as we know it. Yeah, Wiglet. It's, it's as we know it, but it's this whole new region. I like that aspect of it. Changing typing, changing a bit about it, but still giving us such a cool feature add on it. So I'm excited to see where Pokemon goes. I have not played Violet Scarlet, just disappointed in a lot of the technical issues. Um, I think it's very frustrating that, again, in this era of AAA games, that we have such bad things happening that are just technical aspects of it, not necessarily in the writing or the Pokemon. Uh, But I am excited to see where we continue to build this Pokemon journey and who's going to be the new Ash. (laughs) I know it's Go, but could we have anyone else? (laughs) Well, I think that there's going to be a new... I th- I do think that they announced that, but I, I'm not 100% sure who it is. I know that we're getting a Pikachu with a captain's hat. Nice. So Different that's, than that's Pikachu without a hat. New, right. Like, Pikachu's still like going to be there, but we're going to get Captain Pikachu. <laughs> good, good. Kapichu. I like it. Yes. 
But anyway, guys, this one's been fun. I mean, Pokemon's been near and dear to Derek and I's hearts forever. Um, So I'm very interested. Let us know kind of where you guys enter the journey, who your favorites, least favorites are, and what types are missing. I mean, are, are we missing sandwich Pokemon? Do we need a sandwich Pokemon? That's the question we have. Do we need bug snacks in Pokemon? Anyway, guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, let us know. Obviously, let us know what you think about this. Hit us up on the socials, the discords and whatnot, and uh, we'll chat it up. Yep. It's been fun, guys. Always down to talk Pokemon. And we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.